about scripture is, like I said earlier, is basically still going back to John 15. Uh, we're talking about the pruning. And our focus scripture for for this season until God changes is uh, John 15 itself. Now, in this, we learn that God prunes us. His branches, he prunes his branches so that we may bear more fruit. That's John 15 and 2. In other words, God looks at our Christian lives and concludes that we are not bearing as much fruit as we could. He looks at that. We're not bearing as much fruit as we could, and we are out of balance. We have dead branches. Those suckers are sin, are draining away our spiritual vitality. And we, we, we need to think about that a minute. Those little shoots that's popping up in the way, that, that's controlling us. That's, that's making us not live the healthy and wealthy life that we should be living. Now, uh, you might some that's new to this might ask yourself, what does it mean when God is pruning you? Now, it's not, pruning is not a punishment for us. It's a reward. God is the vine dresser who prunes the life of everyone who abides in Christ, in Jesus Christ and bears the, and bears, B-E-A-R-S, the fruit of Christ. Now, spiritual pruning enhances our spiritual growth by uh, removing whatever inhabits spiritual growth and what stops us from having a spiritual growth. Now, through much of of life, we are told that these things don't hurt us, but sometimes it does. Some things do hurt us, but when he proves us, that's for our good. I'll say that again. When God prunes us, when he cuts out some things, that's for our good because we, we get so comfortable with it. That we can't see it and we don't feel it because it, like sometimes if you go go put your foot, you're going to soak your feet sometimes. Take some relaxed time. Get your nice, uh, they used to say a pail of water, hot water and put some Epsom, good old Epsom salt in there. Get that smelling kind uh, Epsom salt that smells and you put your foot in the water. When you first put your foot in the water, it's scalding hot. But after you leave it for leave it for a while, it becomes so comfortable that you can't tell how how warm it is. That's the natural side. But our spiritual life is the same way. We get involved with situations when we first it it it, it bothers us, but after a while we get so comfortable we we, we can't tell we were there. Question now, what does a biblical pruning look like? What, what does it look like in the Bible, pruning in the Bible? Now, uh, the Bible shows us how God the Father, who is our gardener, he waters, protects, and cares for the vine. We are the vine now. All, as all good gardeners do, he usually tends to his vine to make sure it stays healthy and produces abundant fruit. To accomplish the goal, God cuts off every branch that does not produce fruit. I want to keep saying that you all over and over because that is our focus. That is the scripture God gave to us for this season for us to realize. A lot of these dead branches on it, he's going to cut them off and throw it to a fire. We want to make sure that our whole soul don't go with that when he throws us into the fire. But he loves, God loves us so much that he wants to cut some of that junk off to give you another opportunity to start producing fruit. Um, 
Now, you might ask that, what are some of the examples of the Lord pruning? And when God started pruning in our life, what are some of the answers? What are some of the, the uh, what do we see? Now, Jesus gives five reasons God proves his ch- prunes, P-R-U-N-E-S, his children. God prunes us so that we will bear more, more fruit. God does not prune us because he's angry with us, nor does he prune us because Jesus' sacrifice was not enough. Uh, think about it. He he didn't prune us because Jesus Jesus was enough. But we, he wants to bring us into the kingdom and keep us into the kingdom so we can live a healthy life, a wealthy life, not a sad and disgusting life. That's not uh, that's not the type of life that Jesus has for us. Now James fifteen and two says again, God prunes us His branches so that we may bear more fruit, more fruit. And some of the some of the type of fruit we have of uh, natural a natural appetite or natural fruit that we have is like a craving. We have cravings sometimes. We have demands. We have fondness, greed, hunger. Uh, we have lust. We have passion. Uh, one word was cute. Pinchat. P e n c h a e n t. I'll tell you the meaning of that in a minute. Uh, Prosperity. Propensity. That's a a and a. And an anchoring or an intent to do something. Our st- of course, our, our stomach is always controlling us. A lot of us can't even control our appetite. That's the least thing that we could do. Right now, most of the churches are going on to a fast, which January has always been that. It's a fast of cleanliness to be, see if you're able to control yourself. And I, I look at some of these things and I, I laugh, I laugh and I look at the word appetite because not, normally you all, not to boast anybody, it is very easy to control yourself when you know who you are in God. Not 99% of the time, my sisters have to get on with me. They ask me, have you eaten today? Have you done this today? Because the appetite is easy. That's the first thing to go. I don't care about food. Because I do know that food will hinder me. Food, when, when you allow food to control you, or your appetite to control you, or your palate. Some people always got to have something in their palate. Try to get the Spirit of God in you. You don't need all that mess. All, all those appetites that stay gets in the way. And that's what God does. He starts to, uh, those little bit shoots that come up, those little tastes, those thirsts, those weaknesses, those, uh, willingness are, are, unwillingness, or those yearnings, those zeals, those zests, those appetites, those things gets those are little shoots that gets in the way that God's have to cut it, cut it off. So we can start to produce some real fruit. Produce some real love. Now the word I said I was going to tell you what the word uh, pinchat, P-E-N-C-H-A-E-N-T. Now what I'm doing to you, I'm, I'm giving you some fertilizer. That word pinchat is a strong and continued inclination. That's what it means. Sometimes we have an a inclination or the inclination that's a thought in our brain. Well, this is what I want to do. A lot of us are not able to control our thoughts. It is the, what we really, really like. We, we are not able to control what we really, really like. And that is something God will, will prune you with. To teach you how to be able to control yourself, your own self-will. He will help you in doing that. Uh, and today you're going to learn, you know, you're going to learn more about that. Now, what I do know 
if God loves you, he will prune you. That's what the word of God says. And the way he prunes you, once he prunes you, he, he digs around you, kind of separate you from some other things, and then he'll give you some fertilizer. And the fertilizer that I'm going to give you, which God has said to do, is the word of God. That is the fertilizer we need. We have to separate ourselves sometimes so we can get some good fertilizer. Get that word of God in us. So as we go through this stuff, we got his word deep down in us to help us grow. Help us produce good fruit. Without God fertilizer, we can do nothing. Without God's word, we can't even live. Y'all. We'll die sooner or later. We'll die. Because we, we can't be prosperous without his word. We, we can look out. We can see what's happening in the word, in the world. But without God, we can do nothing. Get James 1, verses 2 and 4. 2, 3 and 4. James 1, verses 2, 3 and 4. Now it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you fall, when you meet trials of ver- various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing let, let me go back to that I'm going to read it again but some version says of patience uh, it says uh, Paul. this is Paul saying now count it out joy when you meet trials of various kinds for you know the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Uh, the, the testing of your faith will produce patience. I, I learned a whole a long time. I'm down the first four, but I learned a lot a long time ago. You all, I don't ask God to give me no patience because when you ask for patience, you got trials, you got more tests. So that's a tip for you all that's asking God. Give me patience. Teach me how to have patience. All you're doing is asking him to give you more trials, more more, 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 more stuff to have to deal with. That's, that's what you're asking God to do. Verse 4 says, And let selfishness, steadfastness, have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. What you're asking God for, for patience, you're asking him for uh to be able to uh, tolerate daily, tolerate uh, delay, tolerate trouble, tolerate suffering, tolerate uh, you know being able to live without getting angry, upset. A lot of this suffering we do is because our choice. It's not what God wants us to do. A lot of the suffering we're going through is self-inflicted. God is not putting this on us. We're putting it on ourselves because we don't want to cut off some stuff. We don't want to. He tell he gives us common sense in a lot of situations, but we like to stay that. We like to go into the pity zone. Get Matthew's five, ten, eleven. It's Matthew five, so we're going to look at ten through twelve. Matthew five, ten through twelve. That reads, uh, "Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake." For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. This is what Jesus said to us. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets 
who were before you. When you think about it, you think about oh, in the Old Testament, all the stuff the prophets went through. And even think about in the New Testament, after Jesus went home to be with the Father. Think about all the things that the disciples went through trying to go and give, give out the good news. We can look at our own personal lives sometimes, y'all. Just because you're standing for, for Jesus, a lot of folks don't like that. And we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be able to open our eyes and see it. Because you love God and you stand up for what's right and wrong, the world don't like it. It, it can be even down to your own family and friends, your own mother and father. They don't like what you're doing. But if you stand for Jesus, you stand for the righteousness and right standing. Luke 6, 22, 23. Luke 6. 22 and 23. Like I said, I'm giving you fertilizer. Take this and put it in your jar. I'll just jot down the scripture or go back and listen to the podcast later. Uh, Luke 6, 23 said, Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name in evil on account of the Son of Man. The Son of Man is, is Jesus. We know that, right? The Son of Man is Jesus. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. For so their fathers did to the prophets. These these people that persecute us now, when you go all the way back generations, uh, I talked about a little bit like these people that's claiming for reparation. And my thing is about those that want to represent reparation, they ain't went through jack. The one of us that went through, we marched and we did all of that. We're the one that needed reparation, but we, we got wisdom in my mind. It really don't matter if I ever get paid. I'm not going to pursue getting paid for what I went through because I was convicted to know, even as a, an early uh, child, I knew the difference between right or wrong. I knew the difference between hate and love. I knew that difference. We are, God gives us the common sense to, to, to do that. Some, some cultures teach their children, have taught them deeply how to hate other cultures, other people of different colors. I think, uh, ooh, what, what is her name? Lord, the, the rich woman. She's getting ready to do some kind of uh, series. Uh, Oprah, she's doing some kind of series on uh, people of different colors, why they were treated so bad. You might want to check that out. Oprah does good, good uh, series. But in any way, we know all of this, but because we go through it, it's not about us. They don't hate us, you all. They hate the Jesus in us. I would not get, like I said last week, and I'll still say, I will not give up Jesus for nobody. But that, that may not be your choice. But I'm going to hold on to Jesus because my mama told me when I was a little girl, Jesus is the only one that has a heaven to put you in. Those other folks ain't got nothing but a tongue wagon and lying and roaring like a lion. They don't have anything. Get Philippians 1 and 29. Some more fertilizer for you to put in your child. Think about this. Philippians 1 and 29 says, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. The suffering that we go through, y'all, is people mostly that don't like what we're doing. 
If you've been convicted to know that the right way or the right path you want to go is the same path that Jesus is a narrow path that we have to go down. If it's broad, you're doing everything, you're drinking, you're partying, you're hooping, and lie, you're lying, you're stealing and all that. You're not on the path to a uh, path of salvation or the path that Jesus has set. He said his way is narrow. That way is very narrow. There's not many people on it, on that road. But if you're on that road, stay on the road. No matter what stone is thrown at you, know that Jesus already paid the price. And you will make it through. As long as you know his word, you get his word deep down in your soul, embedded in your soul. There is nothing that can stop you from believing what... See, I think... (coughs) You all excuse me. I think I said the call, the song, I, I trust God. I trust him no matter what, you all. We need him always. But if you don't need him, and you can look back over your life since uh, 19, look at, look at 22. Most of us can remember 22, what you went through. Go, just that look back, look back at January, what's today? January the uh, 15th, 1922. What was happening then? Where we, I know we were all in a war. The Bryant family was in a war, and we, those of all you, all uh, those of you that were online with us last year, you know that we were pursuing like David. David had lost everything, and he was going out in a war to help somebody, another nation, the Amalekites, or somebody. And when he got back home, everything was burned up, lost, and taken. Livestock, family, and children, and everything. But he stopped and asked God, what should I do? And God told him to pursue. You shall recover all. And that's what he that's what he did. And on the path way to going to recover, God put put person, places, and things in his in his way to show him how to get it, to give him directions. And that's what God is doing for us this year, he's, he's saying to us. You know, he said he'd been looking. He'd been looking around. And we got a lot of dead branches. And for those dead dead branches that ain't doing nothing, you sitting around ain't doing nothing. But, oh, I love God. I love God. I talk to him and I pray every day. Nope. If you ain't got no fruit, and we have common sense. We can see that. If you ain't got no fruit, you ain't got no God. That's very, you know. I said, I said like it is, because I know what the word says. If you ain't got no fruit, he said that if you got fruit and you're trying, he's gonna prune you. He's gonna get some of that little way out, little stuff out of the way, so that you'll be able to produce better fruit, more fruit, if you want to say it that way. But if you're a dead branch, John 15 says right there. Jesus said that he was gonna cut you off and throw you in the fire. Look at that. Look at all the people that's dying. I, every time I turn around on the internet, somebody else is dead. Every day, somebody else is dying. Yeah, every, what Mr. Brown said, people are dying and ain't never died before. <laughs> all right, Romans 8, verses 17 and 18. Romans 8, verses 17 and 18 says, If children, their heirs, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ provide provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him for i consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is revealed to us you know i i like the the word of god when it says the joy of the lord is my strength 
The joy is the, of the Lord is my strength. When we go through diverse temptations, we go through daily life stuff, you all, we, we're always going to meet some obstacles. But the fact is that we know who Jesus is. That brings joy to us. That gives us wisdom as to how to, he'll, he'll give you wisdom as to how to overcome that situation. How to go through that situation. And Jesus will do that. Second Peter 2 and 9. Second Peter 2 and 9, it says, Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. If you are, we'll mute your phone too. We're, we're online. If you please mute your phone. Second Peter 2 and 9. You're breaking up. You're breaking up. You're breaking up. You're breaking up. You're Second Peter two and nine. Is that better? Second Peter two and nine says, Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteousness unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. Second Peter two and nine says, Then them the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials. He knows how to get us out of these trials and stuff you are. We have to focus on him and be able to hear his word. Be able to hear the wisdom. And to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. First Peter 4, 13 through 16. I'm throwing all this at, at you all because it's fertilizer. It's something that you can go back and read. And when you believe the word of God, you can get through these trials or these tribulations that we're doing every day. First Peter 4 verses 13 through 16 says, But rejoice, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad with his glory is revealed. If you were insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Because the spirit of glory and of God's rest upon you. The spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or as a meddler. Think about that, you all. Sometimes we step into those zones. We we get this mental capability that I'm suffering for Jesus. No, the stuff you're doing, you ain't suffering for Jesus. It says, uh, but let none of you suffer as a murderer. Sometimes our tongue will murder people. Or a thief. Or an evildoer. Or a meddler. Meddler is somebody that goes in somebody else's business that ain't none of their business. When, when, remember when Jesus was uh, getting ready to go home, he, he gave them the, a good meal when they got through fishing all day long. And he told Peter what was going to happen to him. And then uh, Peter turned around and saw, saw somebody else. And he said, well, what about that man? I love how Jesus said, what's it to you? And a lot of times that's what we need to say ourselves. What's it to you of what that person is doing? It's none of your business. It's none of your business what that person... Jesus said it right there in the Word. What's it to you? He, he said to him, what's it, what's it to you? If this man stays till I come back... Then a rumor went out that Jesus that this man wasn't going to die. See how we can, we can run stuff down? A lot of times we run with a tail 
and, and, and we go tell stuff that we don't even know about. Get the whole truth before you run telling. Get the whole truth. It said, now, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. Uh, let's see, I got so many. I want to jump on. Let's go to Romans 8, verse 35, 36, 37. Romans 8, verse 35, 36, and 37. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as is written, for your sake we are being, we are being, we're, we're being pers- uh, persecuted all the time, you all. It says, do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have tribulations. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. This is Jesus. He was talking to the disciples, but he also talking to us today. Uh, we, like I said, we may be going through a lot of stuff, but most of the time we need to we, we get ourselves in these spots. I, I, I'm noticing that doing. You, you all remember 21? They said nobody pay their rent. Don't pay your rent because, you know, the government said, well, people can't go out to work, and so don't pay your rent. 22, the the, the uh, uh, COVID times were up, and they said, now nah, pay your rent. Most people didn't have the money to pay the rent, but the government didn't give you the money to pay it. When it was given to these people to pay, pay their rent or helping them out, they were using it for other things like hair, nails. And ask me how I know it because I know that's what they were doing because now they don't have anything. I'm not going to stick on that, but see, when we go through these trials, we we don't have to suffer through this. We have to ask God for wisdom. He will give you wisdom and understanding, wisdom even in the uh, natural things, our daily lives, how to take money and buy things that make sense, buy things that we can use. Not just buy things that's shiny and gold and we got to put up on the shelf. And when we try to go turn that shiny gold in, it's fake gold. It ain't really worth nothing. We have to be faithful unto death and God will give us a crown of life. We have to be faithful regardless as to what other folks do or say to us. Uh, Acts 5 and 41 says, Acts 5 and 41 says, They... They said, then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer the dishonest of, for the name, for the name of Jesus Christ. Go back and ask and read what was happening there. I'm not going to go through all the details. I want you also to take some time and research the word. When you're doing nothing, all you got to do, you like I said, most of these decent phones that you're paying these high prices, they can Google Go, all you got to do is hit the big G and hit the mic and just say what you're looking for. Boom, it's right there. Then you take that scripture and you go back into your Bible app and let the Bible app read it to you. Very easy to get the Word of God into now. There's no excuse, no excuse. If you got a cell phone, the text, texting loses lose soul. Text has no soul in it. A text is just a word when you read the word. But when you can hear the word or you hear you call someone and ask them how you're doing, but don't don't allow yourself to get caught up in that pitiness. Hebrews 10 verse 34. This is fertilizer 
Being that you'd have been dug around a little bit and separated from all that stuff. Now God said, give you all some fertilizer. Hebrew 10 and 34 said, For you have compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accept the plundering of your property, since you knew that you yourselves had a better position and abiding one. When we know who God is in our life, you all, no matter, no matter what the situation, I mean, no matter what the situation, he will provide you wisdom and knowledge how to get through the situation. Hebrews 11, verse 36 through 38, Hebrews 11, 36, 37, 38 says, others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. This is what the disciples went through. They were stoned, they were sewn into, into, they were killed with the sword, they went about in skins of sheep and goats and destitute, afflicted and mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of earth. This happened in the Bible. It even happened in the New Testament. A lot of it, well, just think about the fact when people was trying to go out and tell somebody about Jesus. They didn't want to hear that. The the, the uh, scribes, def, definitely the he, these uh, Pharisees folks didn't want to hear none of that stuff. They thought they was coming in naturally to take over. But there was Jesus always had appointed some to go out and spread his good news. And when you're spreading good news, you you almost have to, you can put yourself in the situation. Whenever you go out and try to spread, spread the good news, people don't want to hear you. They don't want to hear you. But you're not supposed to get upset. Jesus said, you give them the word, they don't accept it, shake the dust off your feet and keep going. That's what he tells us to do. We don't have to beat nobody overhead, over, on, on his head. The Holy Spirit job is do the wooing. All we do verbally is say it to people. And most of all, I, I'd rather see you show it to me. Let me see your life being prosperous and healthy and not always sick. And every other day you got to go to the doctor for a, for a reason that you can control. Let's look. Uh, let's see. Let me see another one. I'm actually about through you all. I got one last scripture and we're through and we're going to cut this off. Because this is a real simple lesson. It's just if God, what God does, He loves us so much that He wants to give us an opportunity. He wants to cut off some of that stuff, bring it to our attention. Some of that stuff that's keeping us from producing true love, true love, and we know what the fruit of the Spirit is, the characteristics of a holy person. First of all, the one character is is love. Jesus told us to love our neighbors, but we can't love our neighbors when we don't love ourselves. Philippians 2 and 17 says, Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of faith, I am glad and I rejoice with you all. you can look at that deeply with yourself. No, no matter what happens to me, no, no matter what the situation. Sometimes we get really, really discouraged. There are some of us uh, that needs uh, affirmation. That we some there are some people that need to be told, uh, uh, need to have someone to tell them. You know, to valid validation. May I say validation? The only validation that we need is from Jesus when He said, "Well done." 
thy good and faithful servant. That's the only that's the only affirmation we know that we really need. And we're in control of that. We're in control of it. And what what this whole lesson about, again I say, Jesus is trying to prune us, cut off some of the dead them them dead little twigs that pop up. Them dead attitudes that you pop up. Uh when you say you can't control your attitude, something is wrong with you. I'm sorry. I have no other way to say it. You can't control yourself. Think about the fact. Are you able to, uh, if you got to go to the bathroom, you're not able to control that? You find out medically what's wrong why you can't control it. If you can't control your uh, anger and all of that, you, you, you're, I say some of, a lot of us, uh, I'm going to go here a minute. A lot of us has been offended. And we're so, that's often out into ourselves. We're so stuck on the offense, we can't see what God is doing. We're so stuck on the offense, we cannot see what God is doing. But every time, we, we if we're offended, and you're trying to tell somebody about Jesus, that offense rolls over to that person you're talking to. Ask me how I know. I'm going to start a, a conversation. Ask me how I know. And I want you all to ask me sometime. How do you know that? Because I already walked through it. I already walked through, been around folks that get offended, offended real real easy. And that offense a lot of times is when, when the preacher or teacher or whoever is telling the truth. And you get offended because you don't want to hear the truth. We don't want to hear what Jesus is saying to us. But God... Uh, says that he's going to prune us, you all. He's going to cut us back so we can produce some better and more effective and better 